Welcome to New Covenant Church. You're listening to this week's message with teaching pastor Daryl Feemster. Welcome to New Covenant Church, and we welcome those of you that are watching online. Thank you for joining us. We're excited about being here. We're excited about what God is doing. Uh, I am I'm overwhelmed with the reality of the goodness of God. You know, we are living through, we got through 2020, or at least I hope we got through it. The disappointment, the struggle, the disease, and the division that's in our country. But you know, the big thing that I hope that we're going to take a step away from, the big demon of 2020 was fear. Fear. And there's a lot of people that are still stuck in it. Stuck in fear. What do you do when you're stuck? I asked the Lord that. Lord, what do you do when you're stuck? And He says, move. you got to keep moving. Last week, we talked about moving from fear to faith. And we're going to continue that today. If you did not, uh, or if you were not here last week, I hope that you'll avail yourself to listen to the, to the podcast online at newcovenantlampasas.com or you can also look at our Facebook Live and it's there. And uh, this morning I want to finish that message with a part that we didn't talk about last week. We're going to talk about Peter. Peter. Don't you love Peter? Peter makes you feel good about yourself. Because Peter, he was always speaking up when he should have shut up. He was always making a mess. And, and Jesus continued to get him out of that mess. But you know, there's something that I want you to see in Peter today. is how to practically move from fear to faith. Matthew chapter 14, if you'll turn your Bibles there, Matthew 14, Jesus has just fed the 5,000 and uh, the people are wanting to make him king and Jesus is not going to allow that to happen. He, in, he tells his disciples to get in the boat and go to the other side and, and he dismisses the crowd and then he goes up in the mountain to pray. And uh, this was about 6 o'clock, about 3 o'clock in the morning The scripture in Mark says that Jesus saw them and how they were troubled and and how they were laboring against the storm in the middle of the sea. And Jesus begins to, comes down off the mountain and walks that three or four miles out to the middle of the sea to be with the disciples. And we're going to pick up in verse 25. Now in the fourth watch, which would have been about three o'clock in the morning, the, that night of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. Basically, they screamed like a girl. I'm, I don't know. I've heard, I've heard some guys scream like a girl, too. So that's not just a girl thing. Uh, but immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it's I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, If it's you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? So let me cut to the chase this morning. I'm going to give you the point of the sermon. If you want to, you can go home after this. The point of the sermon is very simple. If you're going to walk on the water with Jesus, you've got to get out of the boat. If you're going to walk with Jesus, 
you got to get out of the boat. Peter is probably the best demonstration of a person who steps out in fear. Now listen, he steps out on his fear to walk to Jesus in faith. And we're going to look at Peter verse by verse because it's important because I think Peter's got a bad rap. You see, when Jesus, Jesus was walking on the water to them, he revealed himself in a way that the disciples and even Peter had never seen him before. In verse 27, out of the Amplified Version, it says, And Jesus answered and said, Take courage, I am, stop being afraid. Take courage, I am, stop being afraid. This revelation of Jesus literally gets Peter to say something that's extraordinary. Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Now, we see the words, Lord, if it's you. But there's no, this if is not iffy. This is a first class conditional statement assuming that what follows is true. In other words, Lord, it could be better translated, Lord, since it's you. Since it's you who are telling us to take courage, since it's you who says you're the great I am, since it's you that's saying stop being afraid, Lord, since it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Peter wasn't doubting. He was declaring, Lord, since it's really you, command me, command me. I don't, think Peter, I don't think Peter is seeking for a thrill. I think there's something about Christ coming to him on the water that stirs something up in Peter's spirit that just calls out to him. Peter's saying, I can't, I can't take it. Because Peter was what? He was a fisherman. He had been on this sea most of his life. And he had been in storms before. And he knew what he was to be feeling like he was going to sink. And all of a sudden, here comes Jesus. I think Peter screamed with the girls on the boat. But when he realized who it was, when he heard what he said, something stirred and called out of Peter a demand... That, Lord, I want to do what you're doing. I want to be a part of what you're up to. Command me. Command me to come to you on the water. And the key word there is epe, on. And mother, it means literally to be on the surface of. In other words, he is saying, Jesus, I want to do what you're doing. Command me to come. Command me to come to you. It wasn't a that Peter was wanting an invitation. He was wanting Jesus to say it. Come. Now, have you ever wanted Jesus just to tell you? Lord, if you'd just say it. (laughs) Peter gets it. Think about what it is. Lord, just command me to come. And the next words out of Jesus' mouth is, come. 
Okay, did I really mean that? Come. Well, let's do a word study on that. What do you think Jesus meant when he said come? I think he meant get out of the boat. Come on. Come on. Come. There was something that Peter was looking. Peter wanted to walk in the victory that Jesus was walking in. In other words, Peter he had known what it was to be that the storm-tossed sea would, was threatening to be over his head and now he sees it under Jesus' feet. Command me to come. Verse 29, so he said, come. I got a big I got I got an idea that a big old lump jumped from Peter's stomach to his throat when he heard Jesus say come. Can't you hear the voices behind him? Peter, you idiot. Here we are about to sink and you're wanting to walk on water. You and your big mouth. Shut up and sit down and row. Probably in a storm, Peter's having a hard time standing anyway. But now, he steps to the side of the boat. The other disciples are rowing hard. They've seen Peter shoot off his mouth before, a lot. How far is he going to take this thing? Peter goes and he puts one foot over the side, carefully gripping the edge of the boat. Can you see him? The storm's still raging. Then the other foot. But if you're like me, he's still holding on with white knuckles. You see, you can think you're stepping out and, and still be afraid of the storm. But then he lets go. He lets go. He didn't presume... He abandons himself utterly to the command, the call, the word of Jesus. And the scripture says, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Suddenly, for the first time in history, an ordinary human being is walking on water. He didn't have faith when he had one foot in the boat and one foot on the water. He didn't have faith when he had both feet on the water with both hands holding on the side of the boat. He had faith when he were allowed, even by his fear, to let go and abandon himself to the command, the call of Jesus. And what he was walking on the water was, he literally was walking on the word of Jesus on top of the water. The word, the command gave him the authority to do what was impossible to be done. In a real way, Peter was more walking on the word than he was the water because we know that most of the time, the reason we like this story about Peter is not because he walked on water, but because he sank. Don't we? I mean, what I identify with Peter is the big mouth, your foot in the mouth. I identify with Peter with making the mess. I identify with Peter with sinking when he should have been walking. And the reality is, what we've given Peter a bad rap is, is that because it doesn't say he sank. Look at the scripture. It says, when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. 
and beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. Beginning to sink. I don't know if he was ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep. But as he was beginning to sink, he cried out to Jesus. Why did he begin to sink? Why did he begin to sink? Well, we know he saw the wind. He saw the wind was boisterous. He saw the things. I don't know. I've been out on a pretty big lake. I've never been out on the sea in this way, but I've been out on a lake before to where you see those waves coming and the big, you know, billows and flows of the waves. And perhaps as he was walking toward Jesus, there was a big wave that rose up and he could no longer see Jesus, but he saw the wave. He felt the wind. And the scripture says, and he was afraid. He was afraid. Fear will rob, will take the feet out of your faith. He saw what was really there, and I, I can't help but think, I wonder if he remembered what Jesus changed his name to. You're Simon Barjona, but you'll know I'll be, but you'll no longer be called that. I'll call you Peter, which being translated means the rock. Rocks don't float. My name is rock. Jesus named me. But the reality is, a lot of times we think, well, he took his eyes off Jesus. He took his eyes off Jesus. I got a feeling he only took it off for a moment because as soon as he realized he was sinking, the very thing it says is he says, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. And the word there is sozo. Sozo. It means to save, to rescue from extreme danger, to keep alive, to make whole. The other thing we can learn from Peter is short short prayers work. Lord, save me. When he began to sink, his eyes immediately go back on Jesus, the one who was still walking on the water, the one who can save, not just keep you from drowning, but get you where you're supposed to be who can get you to be with Him, made whole, set right. The Scripture says in verse 31, And immediately Jesus stretched out His hand and caught Him and said to Him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? When Peter called, Jesus instantly caught Him. Let me just say this. Jesus doesn't save just in progression. When you call, He's instantly there. Whoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He was instantly there. And I don't think Jesus had to struggle to get Peter out of the water. I think the moment Jesus grabbed hold of him, Peter's feet set back where they were before. I think he is instantly restored. But his journey was not without a lesson. And then Jesus says to him, Now you've got to remember, they're out on the water. And it's in the middle of a storm. And the wind is boisterous. And it's dark. And Jesus says these words to Peter. Now I've often, I've misinterpreted these most of my life. Because I think Jesus is rebuking Peter. Peter... Goodness, where's your faith? 
But that's not what he says. He says, you of little faith. That's four words in English. In Greek, it's only one word. In Greek, it's agla... Let me read it. Oligopistas. Olig... Yeah, it's that word right there on my notes. It's on the screen. Oligopistas. And it's one word, and it means little faith. One word, little faith. And as I began to study that word, I found out through Vine's word dictionary that that word is only used by the Lord. It's used five times in Scripture. And it's a tender rebuke because you're fearful or worried. It only occurs five times, and all of them mean you don't think God is up to handling your problems or your needs. Why did you lose sight of my ability to command you to walk on water? Little faith. And it's, I loved it. Vine said it probably is a title or a nickname. Like Robin Hood had Little John. Jesus had Little Faith. Peter, Little Faith. Here he comes again. Little Faith. Little faith. Can you hear the love in that? Little faith. Why don't you doubt? And that word doubt is a unique word also. It's diatazo. Diatazo. It means to waver between two ways. But listen to this. It means to lack confidence in. To think something might not be true or certain. Jesus was saying to Peter, Peter, the reason you began to sink is because the waves made you doubt the certainty of my command. The waves made you doubt the truth of my word. Oh, little faith. Why did you waver? And the, the, the word waver is there's when the scales, you know, the scales with the weights on each side, the scales are there and they're just quivering, wondering if it's true. Wondering which is true. Jesus was saying to Peter, Little faith, why did you wonder? Why did you worry about my command? Don't you know? Don't you know, Peter? If you'd just kept your eyes on me, you could have walked across the Mediterranean. He didn't rebuke Peter for getting out of the boat. To the contrary, he's saying, Peter, you're there. You did it. Why'd you doubt? And you know, they're out in the ocean by himself. He didn't give a public rebuke. He's not giving a public display. He's talking to Peter as the one who's walking with him on the water. Why would you doubt? Our Lord didn't even question the doubter till he saved the sinker. Now, all of this, I'm going to get to my point again. Before you come down too hard on Peter for taking his eyes off Jesus... You've got to remember there's 11 other guys back in the boat watching from the storm. 
they were in the boat while Peter was walking on the water with Jesus. You know, it's not the story of Matthew walking on the water or James walking on the water or even John, the disciple that Jesus loved, walking on the water. It's the story of Peter. Peter walking on the water. It was Peter, little faith, that stepped out of the boat on the word of Jesus and walked on water. Where were they? They were in the boat. They were busy rowing. They were busy bailing. They were trying to keep the boat afloat. Isn't it amazing how many times in the storm Jesus may be coming to us and we're just still trying to keep the boat afloat. Jesus is inviting us to step into the impossible, but God, I don't have time for the impossible. I've got to make this thing stay afloat. I've got to keep this going. And all we always talk about Peter, well, he sank. He failed. Did he really? Did he really fail? If you want to walk with Jesus on the water, you're going to have to get out of the boat. The boat is whatever represents safety or security to you apart from Jesus himself. Your boat is whatever you are tempted to put your trust in, especially when life gets a little stormy and you think the water's going to be over your head. Your boat is whatever keeps you so comfortable that you don't want to give it up, even if it keeps you from joining Jesus on the waves of your circumstances. What keeps you in the boat? Fear. What sinks us after we get out of the boat? Fear. But here's the truth about walking with Jesus. The fear or the risk will never go away. Why? Because each time I'm to go on with Jesus, I'm to get out on my fear and walk with Him... It will involve going into new territory, taking on new challenges, and each time I face the unknown, I'm going to experience that feeling of the unknown, that fear, that anxiety of that moment of decision. Fear's never going to go away. Isn't that good news? Not. Fear and faith seem to be always close. The decision to get out of the boat always involves the choice between risk and comfort. This means as a follower of Jesus, comfort cannot be your ultimate value in life. Calm cannot be your ultimate value. And that's hard for most of us because we love comfort. We love the easy button. You do realize what the Best name of the best selling chair is, don't you? Lazy boy. Not risky boy or worker boy. Lazy boy. I got two in my living room. But we want that easy way, that comfortable way. Then I can hear somebody say, Well, you know, well, Peter's the only one that Jesus said to come to. 
In other words, Jesus didn't say, Matthew, come. No, no, you, you're missing the point. It wasn't that Peter was the only one that Jesus had come to. Peter was the only one who asked for Jesus to command him. There were 11 others in the boat that heard the same words of Jesus. Take courage. It's I. I am. Don't stop being afraid. The only one that I know of in the boat that stopped being afraid was Peter. Well, Peter failed. Well, Peter asked. And there's another scripture that says, You have not because you ask not. Well, well, God just intended Peter to be the only one that walked. No, Peter was the only one that responded to the revelation of who Jesus was with asking for Jesus to command him. But Peter failed. He took his eyes off Jesus and began to sink. Was he a failure? Failure is not something that happens to us or a label we attach to things. It's the way we think about outcomes. Why is it that his sinking gives you comfort? It ought to be only to the point that it would tell you who he cried out to. You see, failure is not an event, it's a judgment concerning an event. Did Peter fail? Well, I suppose somebody could judge it that way and say, well, he did. His faith wasn't strong enough. His doubt was stronger at the moment. He saw the wind. He took his eyes off where he should have, where they should have been. He began to sink. Perhaps you could say your judgment of his, his place that day was failure. But I got an idea. If you really look at it, Peter put himself in a position to fail, but he also put himself in the position to do the impossible. Failure doesn't shape you. How you respond to failure shapes you. How did Peter respond to sinking? Lord, save me. And we tend to let the story end there. Let me tell you one thing about Peter. He may have had a sinking spell, but he walked further on water than anyone else that day ever did, or every day since. We're still talking about it 2,000 years later. Let me ask you, how did Peter get back to the boat? Walking with Jesus on the water. Well, let me say this. He either was walking with Jesus on the water, or Jesus was carrying him. Either way sounds pretty good to me. And when they got back, listen, look at verse 32. I know we didn't read it, but look at verse 32. And when they got into the boat, when who got in the boat? How many of us think it was just when Jesus got in the boat, the wind ceased? No, it says when they got in the boat, the wind ceased. And look at the next verse. And they worshipped him. 
Peter's walking on the water with Jesus became part of the revelation that made the other 11 in the boat be in awe of who Jesus was. Peter walking with Jesus became a testimony of the glory of who he was. Jesus was. Only Peter moved that day. But the whole boat got the revelation. I know life right now is very fearful. A lot of things are coming at you from every direction. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what tomorrow holds. But let me tell you something. There's, when you see what Jesus is doing and when you know what Jesus has promised and when you hear what God is saying, isn't there something in you that wants you just to step out and say, Jesus, command me. Command me. I read it in Your Word. And then, Lord, since it's You, command me to come to You. Command me to pray for healing. Command me to trust you. Command me to step out on what I'm fearing. Command me. Peter walked on his fear by faith. And then fear caused him to begin to say, and then faith restored him to the side of Jesus. Fear and faith and fear and faith. Every day you're going to face the dilemma. Do I stand in my fear or sink in my fear or do I step out on the Word in faith? Move. Move. Abandon yourself to the Word of God. Let go of the sides of your boat and say, Jesus, I trust you. I want to walk with you. What's your boat this morning? Let me tell you, I can tell you how you can identify your boat. It's what you fear of letting go of to walk with Jesus. Have you asked Him, Lord, command me? If you have, then move. The Word that Jesus speaks is as solid as a sidewalk. You can step out on it because it's going to come to pass. You see, our storms of the past keeps robbing us of the words of our present. I tend to believe my experience more than what Jesus says. I begin to see the wind and the waves. And when it doesn't look like it's going to turn out the way God said it was going to turn out, then I begin to waver whether it's really true or not. I want you to know that the Word of God will not return void, but it will accomplish that for which He said it. You can trust Him. Pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus.
I want to be like Peter. Who when I see the revelation, I want to join you in the impossible. Yeah, Lord, I may sink, but I'm going to sink headed towards you. Because your word is sure and true and settled. And it will come to pass. So Lord, I let go of my boat and I step out on your command. In Jesus' name. Uh, Proverbs chapter 16 verse 20 says, Those who listen to instruction will prosper. Those who trust in the Lord will be joyful. We're so blessed to have a good teaching pastor like Daryl who goes and digs in there and finds those treasures and comes back. He shares them free of charge with you guys. That's free. Take that with you. We're blessed to have you, Daryl. This week, while you're walking out your everyday life, storms are going to come. They, they come. You wake up. You feel like you got a fever. Ooh, what's that? <laughs> you, the bank calls. We need to talk about your account. Uh, you go to work and your, your boss says, Hey, come in here to the office just a minute. Let's talk about something. Peter called out and said, Lord, call me. And he went. When the storms of life come, Lord, call me. I'll go where you tell me to go. And halfway there, <laughs> Daryl didn't cover this. He started to sink. The boat was probably just as close as Jesus. Peter had a choice. He could go back to where he was or he could keep going to where God called him. We have to have the strength and the faith to believe that God called us. He's going to make it right. And beautifully so, Peter brought the answer back to the boat for everybody else to solve the storms in their life. When you go out and Jesus calls you and he's the answer, that's not just for you. That's for you to take to somebody else and share with them. Okay? Father God, thank you that you are the answer. Lord, you know everything that we need in our lives. And Lord, you know what's good for us. So Lord, call us. Show us where we need to go. And in the midst of us, Lord, you're going to reach your hand out and take us and bring us along. And, Lord, when we find that answer, give us the strength and the courage to share it with those around us. Lord, let us bring salt and light and healing and, and safety to those in a sinking world around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let me share a few announcements with you before you go. Get back out into the fog and the mist. They're right here. Look online, newcovenantlampasses.com. There's a banner on there that says life groups. Click on that because starting back this week we have small groups. So there's one on Tuesday morning, Wednesday night. There's a Thursday night. Sometimes there's a Friday. There's a Sunday evening. Look on there. Find a group that appeals to you. It'll show you the time and place of what they're talking about and where they meet. Um, the 31st of January is going to be our fifth Sunday. On the fifth Sunday... We have sing and praise and worship and celebration. Our youth are going to do something. Our littles are going to do something. Come enjoy. It's going to be a good time uh, here in New Covenant. On the 6th of February, that's a Saturday at 7 p.m., a throne room encounter is going to take place right here. You can come and just spend time in the presence of God right here in the auditorium. It, it, it is very uh, healing to come and be a part of that. Uh, there's going to be youth tonight right here at 530. So before you leave, if you could help us. If you could help us pick up the chairs on the, or five, come at five, come at five o'clock for youth. Thank you, Amanda. Amanda knows she's in charge. Uh, so if pick up the chairs on both sides for us, if you will, and uh, 
don't forget that there's people out there that need to hear where safety is around them, okay? If you see somebody sinking, say, hey, I know somebody who can help you. All right? Y'all be blessed and have a great week. Thank you for listening to this week's message. 